you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of that. SEC podcast presented by MyBookie. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, Shane, how about it? I really wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, it was just like a teaser game here on Saturday, but. My, oh, how glorious was it to have two, even if it was FCS teams, they made it to television on ESPN. It's like our dreams came true. <laughs> I'm telling you, buddy. I was watching that first play, and he went like 70 yards. I was like, oh, godly. <laughs> this is what I signed up for, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. I, I watched. Now, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to act like I watched the whole damn thing because I didn't, you know. I, I mean, I was excited that football beca- that was on TV, and after that first play, buddy, I was hooked. But, you know, about halfway through when it ate your ball clubs, you know what I'm saying, sometimes <laughs> you, you have a tendency to fade. So Austin P was a great background noise at my house. I didn't change the channel, but uh, it was it was, it was was great to have college football by, uh, back, Mike. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah, it was like a little appetizer. Yeah, I was watching high school ball and everything, man. I'm watching anything, everything I can. You know, I turned on something the other day. It said football, but it was like, it was like soccer. You know, so that was disappointing. But anything that says football on my <laughs> on my TV, man, I'm tracking it and I'm watching it right. Sounds now. like you were watching the uh, the wrong kind of football there for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought they spelled it funny, you know. And then, of course, uh, this week, starting on Thursday and running all the way to Monday, we got college football. So this is technically week zero we're coming up on. And then I scrolled ahead to the ESPN schedule. You know, I'm so out of touch with the rest of the country. SEC starts September 26th. I didn't really think there'd be much action. Not this upcoming weekend, but the following one. There's like 40 college football games, ACC, Big 12. So, hey, we're here, man. It's The season is real. It's happening. And just, you know, great news all around. I'm getting fired up about it. How about you? Oh, hell yeah. Let me ask you, because uh, I got to ask, there was some big news, Big Ten trying to sneak back into this <laughs> thing. Uh, they, they're not going to, there's no chance that we're going to push back our start date for them, are we? Hell no. Let <laughs> me get another beer for that one, Mike. <laughs> they had their shot and they blew it. And, you know, I hope, I really do hope they play for those players and the coaches and the fans and, and everyone on board there. But, you know, at no point should the SEC 
do what they want to do when the Big Ten all along could have followed the SEC's path instead of trying to create their own and, and have us all shut down on college football. So I don't care if they never play, but like I said, for all those players and coaches and fans, I hope they do. But, yeah, we ain't waiting for them. Sorry, buddy. We bend the knee for no one. All <laughs> <laughs> right, Shane, so we really didn't have a ton of news around the SEC. We did have some. We're going to get to it here in a minute, but I thought it would be kind of fun. You know, it's kind of – it's still, I guess, a little bit of a list season here, and I've ranked the top 25 impact true freshmen in the SEC for the upcoming season. You ready to get to my list? Mike, and I got to be completely honest. Earlier today, I put a picture of Eric Gilbert on uh, the S- that SEC podcast Twitter page, mm-hmm. and I was going to ask anyway, who do you think <laughs> the impact freshman will be this year? Like, which one are you most excited about seeing? And I was like, eh, I don't know. Mike may get mad at me because it's not list season anymore. <laughs> and then you hit me with a list. So I was like, damn, great minds think alike. So, yeah, buddy, I'm ready to get to it. All right. Well, you teased Gilbert. He is on the list. I'm going to hold off on that one. We're going to go in reverse order. And, and just try to keep in mind, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, these are the top 25 players that, you know, they're going to be the best of the best, their careers. And I'm not necessarily saying – that anybody not listed here isn't going to be a great player. I tried to do this in impact, basically. So the number one player on this list is the number one player that is going to have an impact in the SEC this season, just this season. Does that make sense? Yeah, so again, just clarification. You're not saying that this guy's better than that guy. You're just saying that this guy means the most to his team based on, off your rankings here. Right, and I'm doing this as a, as a mix of team need, how good the player is, and what I'm hearing in these training camps. So I'm trying to mix it all in. So we're kind of – I could have just went down 1 through 25, the recruiting mm-hmm. rankings, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to yeah. give you in, everyone, the listeners, inside information of what I'm hearing and just fits with the team. So – Starting with number tw- number 25, this is going to be a little bit controversial, I think. Mississippi <laughs> State quarterback Will Rogers. Hmm. Now, hold on a second, Mississippi State fans. You're probably, you probably already hung up on us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Will Rogers is going to beat, a, beat out K.J. Costello. And I'm not, you know, it, it remains to be seen if Garrett Schrader is going to be the backup quarterback or not. You probably, most people assume that's going to be this situation. Costello gets the job. Schrader's the backup. But I really think that uh, Will Rogers is a guy that Mike Leach has. He's had his eye on him for a long time. He offered him. Coming out of uh, high school there in Brandon, Mississippi, I believe Will Rogers' two main offers, Mississippi State, Washington State. So there's obviously that Mike Leach connection. This is the quarterback that replaced uh the mustache Minshew down there at the <laughs> same high school. So they're similar players. They, they come from the same kind of system. And Mike Leach, I think is he's been high on this kid. He's talking him up already in camp. And if something happens, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen with this crazy season. You know, KJ Costello may have to miss a game or two here or there, or maybe even he struggles because Mike Leach is not a guy. He's kind of like Spurrier where if a quarterback's got a bad series or two, he'll put, he'll, sit his ass and then he'll put in someone else to give him a shot 
I mean, he's a guy that'll do that. And I'm not suggesting that KJ Costello is going to struggle, but I just, I think Will Rogers is going to see the field from Mississippi State. He may not start some games, but I think he's going to get on the field. And I think he's going to have an impact on Mississippi State's roster this year. Let me ask you, what kind of quarterback is Will Rogers? So he's one that uh, comes from, not necessarily I would call it the air raid, but from what I know, they spread it out. They throw it around all over the yard. And he's a little bit undersized. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have a cannon. But he's very, very accurate. And that is the thing that Mike Leach looks for in his quarterbacks. Accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. Mm -hmm. I've heard him talk about it. You know, we get enamored with these guys that can throw it 60 yards, but can't hit the side of a barn. Mike Leach is the exact opposite. He'll, he wants a guy that can deliver the ball five yards down the field, eight yards down the field, 12 yards down the field when called upon every single time. So this is a guy that, uh, you know, he comes from a spread open system and he's going to be seamlessly put into this Mississippi state offense. And, you know, here's another great thing. It's part of that NCAA rule. I mean, all these kids are going to be able to play immediately. They can play in one game. They can play in all 10. Yeah. And they're not going to burn a red shirt. So that also gives me added confidence that we're going to see. I've got a number of quarterbacks on this list. I think we're going to see a lot of freshman quarterbacks see the field this year. Okay, I like it. All right, number 24 on my list. Defensive lineman Jordan Birch, South Carolina. Now, Gamecock fans already pissing off everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> and again, not saying that Jordan Birch is number 24 freshman in the SEC. Hell, he's I think he was a top like 10 prospect. So, right. I mean, he's an elite, elite player, but he didn't get there early. He got there kind of late. South mm -hmm. Carolina's got a lot of talent on that defensive line. I certainly suspect Jordan Birch, based on everything I'm told, is going to be, you know, all SEC caliber by the time he leaves South Carolina. Mm -hmm. But I just don't know if he's going to have that kind of impact. He's going to play, certainly. With this 10-game SEC slate, he's going to see the field for South Carolina, but I'm not convinced he's going to start. He will play, but I just think that there's going to be a lot other freshmen that have bigger impact, kind of like Zach Pickens last year for South Carolina. We got enamored with that five-star. He started to come on towards the tail end of the season, but it's not like he dominated you know, week in, week out. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the sense I'm getting from Jordan Birch out of uh, South Carolina camp. Now, did they ever get his letter of intent? Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's on the practice field. He's, he's doing good. well. That's good. All right, number tw 23 on my list. This guy is going to be a receiver, but he spent some time at quarterback this spring, and he was a quarterback in high school, Jimmy Holiday for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And here's why I like this kid, Shane, because we know that Jim Chaney, Slim Jim, he's got – a penance for getting these playmakers the ball any way he can. Mm -hmm. And and from what I know about Holiday, he's just one of these athletes that once he has the ball in his hands, he's very, very dynamic. Yeah. Now, being a first-year receiver, is he going to be a dominant receiver? I don't think so, but I think they're going to put him in Wildcat. Yeah. I think they're going to throw screens to him. I think they're going to do trick plays with him. I think he's he may even punt return. Like, he's that type of athlete. Right. I think they're going to put him all over the field. And I just think by the end of the season, Jimmy Holiday is going to be, you know, a, a household name in the SEC. I think he's just going to make an impact on a many, many different levels for Tennessee. 
Yeah, hell of a name too. I, I you know, think about Jimmy. Uh, you think about Jawan Jennings. If you didn't watch a lot of Tennessee games last year, there were several times that that coach put you know Jawan back at quarterback. Well, to mix that up, I, I think somebody like Holiday would be a perfect fit. So you're right. This is a this is a wild year where you don't burn any eligibility. So. No need in holding him back now. Have him out there on the field. Maybe he can even be a threat to throw the ball. So, oh, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, number 22 on my list, offensive lineman Marcus Dumerville from LSU. He was one of the top offensive tackle prospects in the nation, and we know LSU replacing a lot on that offensive line. And then, you know, last week it was reported the damn entire unit basically got wiped out due to COVID exposure. <laughs> uh-huh. And Mark, Marcus Dumerville was one of the guys that was on the practice field soon after. So he's one of the guys that he's fine. He's good to go. And now we're talking, you know, however long those other guys are out, a week, possibly mm-hmm. two. I mean, this is going to be time that it's going to be tough for those other guys to, I think, uh, you know, make up for the lost time. So mm-hmm. Doomerville, he's got the talent, he's getting the reps and LSU at the offensive tackle position. That's been, you know, while their offensive line was very good last year, the tackles gave him some issues. The left tackle went pro. They do return the right tackle, but he's not necessarily been the best player on that offensive line. So mm-hmm. I think there's an outstanding chance. Doomerville, he may be a day one starter there at LSU. <laughs> Big boy, six five three ten. So, now I definitely think added depth on that line is going to be great. And uh, I think you're right. He may not start, obviously, but I definitely think he gets some playing time for the season's up. Mm-hmm. All right, number 21 on my list, receiver Xavier Henderson from Florida. This guy's a Gator legacy. His brother was just on the team. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot of good things from Gainesville about Henderson. And, you know, there's – a misconception out there that Florida's just like lost all their receivers. They did lose a ton of production, but with mm-hmm. Grimes coming back and Pitts coming back and uh, Jacob Copeland and Kadarius Tony, I mean, there's going to be plenty of options to go around. If there weren't, I'd probably put Henderson higher on this list, mm-hmm. but I just don't think they're going to have to force feed him immediately. I think by the end of the season, there's a realistic chance he could be a starter for the the Florida Gators, but I just don't know if that's going to happen right away. I still expect him to have a big impact, but 21 sounds about right for a guy that, you know, is probably going to work his way slowly onto the field at, at the, at the start before, mm-hmm. you know, becoming uh, one of the premier receivers for the Gators. Yeah, man. Well, if he's as good as CJ, then Florida's will be, Florida will be happy to have him. And I, and I doubt they're going to keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. All right, number 20 on the list, defensive lineman Andy Boykin from Arkansas. And this one, I might be a little bit swayed by just some of the interviews I've seen with this kid, but he's very engaging. He's very enthusiastic. But the real reason I got him on here, because I've heard Sam Pittman talk about him, they just don't have many big-bodied linemen like Boykin. He's the second biggest defensive lineman on the entire (laughs) roster, and he just got to campus this summer. So that gives you an indication of – you know, we know the the struggles Arkansas has had on defense, and Barry Odom's very high on this kid. I know that as well. They're going to need big-bodied players this SEC season. I'm not saying Boykin's going to start immediately, but they're going to need some physical, t- 
tough players to match up against Georgia's offensive line. And I think Boykin by the end of the year is going to be a starter for the Razorbacks. Yeah, for sure. Another, like you said, another big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's uh three seventeen something like yeah, that. Yeah, six three. I mean, he's. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pull, I just pulled him up here, and I'm looking. at I mean, could you imagine facing these kids in high school? You know, like you know what I'm saying? It's like. <laughs> No wonder. I mean, I, if I was lined up against this guy, I'd just say, man, we got to start running everything the other <laughs> side because I'm going to keep going for his knees, man. <laughs> All right, number 19 on my list, running back Elijah Young from Missouri. So this is something that we've hit on with uh, Coach Drake, but he really likes these running backs that are kind of uh, – you know, all-purpose backs that can catch it and run it and split out wide and possibly play special teams. I think Coach is going to find tons and tons of ways to get Elijah Young the football because it's not like Missouri is short on options on the offensive side of the ball, but it's not like they have, you know, Alabama options either. So anytime you got a player of this star potential on your roster, I don't care how young he is, you got to get – the ball in his hands as much as you can and I know Missouri's got some good running backs so I think there's a good chance we see Young possibly you know split out quite a bit but I think he's going to make an impact on this Tiger team absolutely and this one actually I got to see play a little bit when he was over here at high school so Mm -hmm. I think I think he's a hell of an athlete and I think Missouri got a good one here all right number 18 on my list receiver Javon Baker for Alabama so the Alabama Crimson Tide, we know they lost a couple of first-round picks at the receiver position, mm-hmm. and they're looking for you know a number three, a number four receiver to emerge, and they signed a ton of really good receivers. Baker's not even the highest ranked. I think he's one of the lower tier. Well, I should say lower tier. They're they're all like four-star top one hundred <laughs> prospects, but you can't just look at the recruiting rankings. You got to listen to what you're hearing at a camp, and all indications. Baker is the one that's shining. He's got the work ethic. So uh, it seems like Nick Saban really likes to get those guys on the field, the guys that earn it. And I think that Baker, look for him to be the first true freshman receiver of this class to really make a name for himself on the field as Alabama's third or fourth receiver. And you may be saying, well, third or fourth receiver, what kind of impact is that? (laughs) Well, we've seen at Alabama, you can make a hell of an impact being the number three or four receiver. Absolutely. And that's, that's usually what, that's what Alabama is going to have to have. It's, it's, it, we know the first two are going to be good, but it's that third and that fourth, you know, that the, the, cause you can't cover them all, you know? So who knows? It could be this Baker kid. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 17 on my list, got running back Trey Bradford from LSU. And this was a guy you know, LSU fans may remember about a month ago, coach O said, now keep your eye on this Bradford kid. He's, he's the real deal. And we've already touched on the fact that, you know, I don't think LSU is going to have one running pack dominate. I think they're going to be more of a committee approach. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this, but uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Joe Burrow combined for 330 carries last year. <laughs> and that's a lot of carries to make up. So yeah. I think Bradford, it's not like he's going to – I would be surprised if he's a starter by the season's end, but I think he's going to get plenty of touches, and I think he's going to make an impact – because hell, if Coach O believes in you, I believe in you. That that's that's just where Coach O is in my head right now. So so you think that he's going to get enough carries? I mean, because that that's, that's still a pretty loaded backfield. 
I think he's going to get quite a few based on just what Coach O said. And, um, what kind, I just what kind of running back is he? I, I, I don't know much about him. I mean, I watched a little bit when he was uh, being recruited, but it's been a while since I've seen him play. What kind of running back is, uh, is Trey here? Well, that's kind of part of my thinking as well because we got John Emery's, who's kind of the big play – you know, fast back. Mm-hmm. We got Davis Price, who's kind of the physical tough guy. Yeah. And then Bradford's kind of the in-between, uh, kind of like a Eric Gray type, maybe, you know, kind of kind of in that mold to where he can kind of mm-hmm. do a little bit of it all. So I think these three running backs really complement each other, okay. and that's why I'm, I'm thinking, you know, each of them get at least 100 carries for LSU this year. Oh, nice. All right, number 16 on my list. This is going to sound like a familiar name. Linebacker Demon Clowney. It's <laughs> a hell of a name there for Ole Miss, but uh, Jadavion's cousin. And he was a longtime LSU commit. And right before this early signing period, he, you know, got cut loose by the Tigers, as I understand it. And here he stayed in the division, went to a division rival to go play for Lane Kiffin. And uh, Ole Miss... Outside linebacker Sam Williams, one of their star pass rushers, currently suspended. So that's just going to clear the field even more for Clowney to make an impact. And I think uh, I think he's going to be one of their star pass rushers this year, and particularly when he faces that LSU team. I think he's going <laughs> to let him have it. Dude, the only name more, I, I would say, more scary than Demon would be Clowney. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's – I mean, this guy, if he's – if I mean – He's around it. He knows exactly what what is. I mean, if he's half as good as you know his cousin, then then Ole Miss got them a hell of a defensive end here. So, um, but I you see a lot of this too with family. You know, they they watch their their brothers and their you know their their uncles growing up and cousins and stuff like that. They know what it takes to get to the next level. Uh, I guarantee you, you find uh, Jadavion right now. He's working his ass off, and and Demon knows that. So I, I think that's just that drive. You know, with the name like Clowney, he's probably got himself a little bit of a shadow, and now he wants to create a name for himself. So, uh, but man, he's a, he's another one, big, long boy. That uh, if, if if he can get the pieces together, yeah, he may be able to make some sort of impact with Ole Miss this year. Mm-hmm. All right, number 15 on my list, receiver Tulu Griffin from Mississippi State. Love that name. We've been talking about it all offseason. Mississippi State needs these receivers to emerge. Is it going to be guys on the roster? Is it going to be guys they're bringing in? And, you know, we played the clip from Spurrier Jr. the other day. He was very, very high on Griffin. I'm hearing great things about him. And I think he's going to be, you know, the perfect Mississippi State Mike Leach receiver. Mm-hmm. This is, I think he's going to be the big time. I've, I'm hearing better things even about him than I am about uh, the Alabama graduate transfer they landed. Not to say that he's a bad player, but I think Griffin's going to have a huge freshman year. God, what a name, Tulu. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 14 on my list defensive back, Key Lawrence for Tennessee. He was their highest rated signee, I believe. And, you know, we know under Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley, they have just a lengthy, lengthy track record of getting these defensive backs ready to play, sometimes even early. And I think Lawrence, as long as he sticks to safety, because I think Tennessee's pretty deep at corner this year, but if Lawrence plays safety specifically, I think he's going to make an impact. And by the end of the season, I think he's going to be a starter for Tennessee. Oh, you think so? 
I really do. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I think the quarterback situation is pretty much locked up there, but mm-hmm. that secondary sometimes I, I get a little worried, and uh, I like to add a depth. So if we could have a true freshman come out and make some make some noise, that's I'm all for that, Mike. All right, how about this one? This is going to be another controversial one. Number 13, quarterback Haynes King, Texas A&M. I know what everyone's saying. Well, what the hell? Kellen Mond, <laughs> all this hype. We've been hyping him up too, but not saying Kellen Mond's going to get benched or anything because I think he's got such a command of the offense that it's going to be tough for Haynes King to unseat him. But what happens, Shane? I mean, I know Aggie fans don't want to hear this, but what happens if the same Kellen Mond we've been seeing shows up Mm-hmm. and they lose in a big game, well, maybe they lose because Kellen Mond. Again, not predicting that's going to happen. Hell, I'm I'm sitting here telling you the Aggies are going <laughs> to win the West. <laughs> but if something happens, all indications, Hayes King, the real deal, state champion in the state of Texas, coach's son, wanted to go to A&M to play for Fisher and get that tough coaching, and he's taken to it from what I understand. I think – you know, even if Kellen Mond has a great year, I think Haynes King is going to see the field. But we just don't know, you know, with Corona and yeah. injuries, we just we just don't know. I think Haynes King is going to play, and I think he's going to make an impact for the Aggies this year. I really do. And I, I think he's the future of, of that program. Yeah, I mean, obviously I wish he was the future of Tennessee program, but he's decided to go a <laughs> different way, Mike. <laughs> But he's he's a hell of an athlete, man. He, he's 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 a dual he's a true dual threat, and mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of like that. And something uh, you, you're hearing rumors and things about this option stuff and and all that stuff coming out of Texas A and M. I mean, the the bad thing about having a mobile quarterback or a more mobile quarterback is they're going to get hit more. So mm-hmm. who who steps up if something happens? So. Um, I, I think this Haynes King, man, I've watched, I've watched a lot. There's, there's a lot of hype coming out from him. A lot of people comparing him to, uh, uh, just a lot of uh, Kyler Murray. They said he's the best talent out of Texas since Kyler Murray. So that just shows you the kind of hype he had. And, uh, I think Texas A&M got him a good one and hopefully they'll never, they won't need him. But like I said, he's got a lot of speed too. So it, it, maybe it's tough to keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. All right, number 10 on my list, offensive lineman Tate Ratledge for Georgia. I'm already hearing Ratledge already pushing potentially for a starting spot on that Georgia offensive line. We'll see if he actually gets there. I think he will get there probably by the end of the season, but that should give you an indication of just how good Tate Ratledge is. And, you know, this is – there's plenty – I know Georgia lost a lot on the offensive line, but they're still loaded at that position, and I think it – says a lot about this kid that uh, he's already making that push just a couple weeks into training camp here. Mike, I try to like all players. You know that, right? And uh, I try to support them and the decisions they make. Uh, but this one, this one hurt. Tate Ratledge hurt me. <laughs> and uh, when Is I it saw – because of that damn sticker? Yes, <laughs> for the damn sticker, Mike. I mean, you know – the disrespect, I could get it if, like, okay, your your boy wants to play for Georgia, that's fine, you know? Let's do that. But let's don't have a camera out there and make a spectacle <laughs> out of it, you know, and just shit all over the Tennessee Volunteers. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, that's the only impact Tate Ratledge has with me right now, now Mike. <laughs> Hell, he may be great. Who knows? You know, he may, he may be the next great offensive lineman to come out of Georgia, but 
Man, he 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 hurt he hurt cousin Shay. <laughs> All right, number eleven on my list: uh, linebacker Will Anderson from Alabama. So the Crimson Tide really need uh, some linebackers, uh, specifically outside linebackers, to step up this season. Doesn't necessarily have to be a true freshman, but I think Will Anderson will be that guy because they've lost some pass rush specialists and. We all know Alabama's loaded, but so I'm not saying Will Anderson's going to start immediately or anything like that, but I really do think uh, he's going to have a big impact on this team by season's end, and uh, he may be their next star pass rusher. Dude, to be honest with you, I think he's one of the best players they got this last recruiting class. So I've, I've not watched a lot of videos on him, but what I have, I mean, this, this kid was – he was just – 10 steps ahead of everybody else. So if he could carry that into college football and and put some more weight on that frame because he's a big boy too, uh, who knows, Will Anderson may be making an impact. Maybe not the start of the season, but definitely by the end. All right, Shane. Hey, before we get uh, into my top 10 here, uh, we need to remind the listeners, we're brought to you by mybookie.ag, the online sports book. And right now for uh, podcast listeners, any new customer to mybookie.ag, they will get 100% deposit match up to $1,000. So what that means is you go to mybookie.ag and put in the promo code THATSEC. MyBookie will match your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you could start immediately with $2,000 just by using that promo code THATSEC. That's T-H-A-T-S-E-C. It's summertime at MyBookie, and that means one thing. It's winning season, Shane. Unless you're cousin Shane. Hey, it's hey. simple. <laughs> Easy. I'm still on here, Mike. <laughs> winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Once again, that's MyBookie.ag. We're using the promo code THATSEC. The podcast is also brought to you by Manscaped. How about it, Shane? Manscaped, they've sent each of us our own razors. And my goodness, Shane, why don't you tell the fine folks I know this is this is kind of like Manscaped. This is a weird product here, but uh, it really is. They go all out with their their packaging and their device and all the the accoutrement you get with it. it it's pretty it's pretty impressive, didn't you think? Yeah, very impressive. I, I thought this was just like some little you know little gift you give somebody for Christmas. You know what I'm saying, Mike? <laughs> and this thing rolls in, and they got this nice like leather bag it comes with it uh it, the clippers there's, there's there's lotions there's creams there's all this stuff man i'll tell you what mike they really put some thought into this i'll tell you man i opened that bad boy up and i said damn this is this is a serious gift so if you're looking for something for you know you you got your boyfriend or your husband you don't know what to get them then i'll tell you this this may be this may be just for you because it's a nice gift yeah, and this thing's waterproof, and all listeners of the podcast get twenty percent off and free shipping. I'm still, I'm still afraid to try it in the water, Mike. You know, <laughs> but I'll take the word for it. <laughs> listeners get twenty percent off and free shipping. Head on over to Manscaped.com with the promo code, same as my bookie. That SEC. That's T H A T S E C. Over at Manscaped.com, get twenty percent off, free shipping. Head on over to Manscaped. It cut out. It cut about thirty-eight seconds off my mile time, Mike. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> A little more aerodynamic. <laughs> All right, back to the rankings. Number ten on my list here: defensive lineman Gervin Dexter, Florida Gators. 
And this guy's about as big as a refrigerator, Shane. I think oh, he's God, yeah. six, seven, three hundred something pounds. I mean, you know, you know what his nickname is? What's that? The Undertaker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be burying linemen and running backs for the rest oh, of yeah. his career. So, you know, it's not like Florida. This is one where I don't think the Gators. You know, certainly they could. They're going to be able to use them on the field, but they don't have a glaring hole at the, on the defensive line or anything. But I just think Dexter's going to be too difficult in a 10-game SEC slate to keep off the field. He's mm-hmm. going to be out there early and often, and he's going to be tasked with slowing down the running game. So I think Dexter's going to have a big impact on the Gators this year. Golly. So, uh, just an absolute giant. So, yeah, I, I don't see that he's going to be on the field. It, it is, probably be start out a little special team stuff, but I'm telling you, that they cannot keep this guy on the sideline for long. Mm-mm. All right, number nine on my list. We don't know what position he's going to play, but quarterback, receiver, Luke Doty, South Carolina. We've been, you know, I feel like we've spent more time talking about him than just about any freshman here in the SEC, but it's because Muschamp and Bobo, you know, they're trying to get this kid on the field any way they can. They're hyping him up. Is he going to be quarterback? Is he going to be receiver? Is he going to be the wild cock down there in Columbia? (laughs) I mean, I think he's going to do it all, and uh, I certainly don't think he's going to start right away as a quarterback, but I think he could start as a receiver and just all kinds of plays out there. He seems really committed to helping the team any way he, he can. So I think by the end of the season, we're going to be saying, man, do we have, you know, this next kind of like, yeah, he could, probably like, uh, remember that guy for Arkansas, Matt Jones was his name, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just an impact player. Anyway, you got to get him the ball, you know what? And, and his future may be at quarterback. It likely is, but I don't think it's his biggest impact is going to be there this year. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised you have him so low in this list. I think Luke's going to have a bigger impact than a lot of these guys that uh, that that we've been talking about. And uh, just because, just think about what Muschamp alone has said about him. Uh, he's come out and he's talked about the players have listed him, you know, as a as a as a top athlete on the team. Like you remember he was talking about make a list of eleven players, you know, and that Doty right. name kept popping up on there. So not only are the coaches seeing it, because most champs talking about it, but the players, his 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 coworkers are talking about it. And it, it just I just think that uh, Doty's going to have a bigger impact than you think, and especially since, you know, they, they got a little speed knocked off, you know, unfortunately back there in the backfield. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, run a little bit more of those, uh, maybe those sweeps and things like that to, to get him to the outside. So uh, Doty's fast as hell, buddy, and uh, there's, there's no way they're going to keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight on my list quarterback Bryce Young Alabama and I I'm hesitant on I don't know where to put this kid because I don't know how much he's going to play we got Nick Saban out here kind of calling out Mac Jones not calling out's the wrong word but maybe challenging Mac Jones during following the first scrimmage that Bryce Young didn't even compete in it's it's interesting that Young could you imagine if Mac Jones kind of struggled and Bryce Bryce Young threw like seven touchdowns or something I mean (laughs) they may have to switch them right then and there so Maybe that's why he didn't play. I'm just kind of kidding. But I think Bryce Young, even if Mac Jones is the starter for the entire year, I think he's going to have an impact on this team in some capacity. But, I mean, this is a guy that could shoot all the way to number one, and he could be totally off the list if he 
right. if he doesn't, you know, if Mac Jones has this huge year, like some people suspect he might. So Bryce Young was a hard one for me, but I just think he's too talented, and I'm just hearing too many good things to not put him in my top ten. Absolutely, man. Think about how many quarterbacks didn't make it through the season last year, and now mm-hmm. we're talking about a 10-game SEC. So all these leases are pretty short with these quarterbacks, not just Mac Jones. All right, number seven on my list, receiver Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. I'm hearing so many good things about Hyatt. Hop train. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he may be the fastest receiver on the roster already, and this is what Jeremy Pruitt and company wanted when they were hitting the recruiting trail last cycle. They needed to get these receivers in here. Jalen Hyatt's added weight but hasn't lost the speed. Tough, tough player. Very, very fast, like I said. And I think it's kind of fortunate they're playing South Carolina, Shane, because I think had the Gamecocks recruited Hyatt harder, he would have been a Gamecock. But I don't know if they did. Mm -hmm. And here we go. First game of his career against South Carolina. I think Hyatt's in the starting lineup, and you you know he's going to be motivated to have a big game. Absolutely, man. I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm up here, buddy. That he just got named to the what was it, the 24/7 freshman All American team. I mean, the hop train is a rolling, and uh, I'm excited. To I see. wrote this list before they published that, but just FYI, you're, you're just going to have to believe me. <laughs> sure he did, Mike. Sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I really did, though. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. That, yeah, this thing just came out, what, nine hours ago. So if you mm-hmm. made the list 10 hours ago, then you are correct, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next on the list, number six, quarterback Ken Seals Vanderbilt. Now, this Uh-oh. is what I was talking about when I started this. So I'm not nec- I'm not saying Ken Seals is – you know, better so than you're Bryce, saying he's better Bryce. than Bryce. I can hear it now, Mike. <laughs> oh yeah, when I put this graphic out, it's gonna get I'm gonna get fucking destroyed for this. But here's the difference: Ken Seals is gonna start for Vanderbilt, based on what I've heard. So I think he's gonna have for certain gonna have a big impact on the Commodores this year. And it's not just because they don't got any options. I mean, they brought in four guys. So um, you talk about a quarterback competition when we're you know, we're saying option A or option B here. Ken Seals is going to have to beat out three other guys. And so far, I think he's doing it. And I think he's just going to have a major impact on the Commodores this year. And if they steal a, a game or two here in the SEC, I think it's probably going to be because Seals lives up to this hype. I think you're right. I mean, you can't have more of an impact than being a quarterback of a football team, Mike. So you, you probably should have put him one and just – just got, just lit that fire because Twitter is going to be moving tomorrow. I'm going to turn these notifications off. <laughs> All right, number five on the list, uh, outside linebacker B.J. Ojalary for LSU. Keep hearing rave reviews about Ojalary and what he's doing down there for the Tigers. I think he's going to start immediately. I think he's going to be a huge impact player for the Tigers right away. And uh, I think this is going to be one of the – you know, they had a great recruiting class. I think it's going to be one of the steals of it. Yeah, this is another one. Just just long arms. Just I, I just think as much depth as LSU lost last year, it's going to be hard to keep some of these. I mean, they've got some studs on that roster of true freshmen. So uh, BJ's one of them for sure. All right, number four on my list, running back Tank Bigsby from Auburn. Kind Love of been hyping name. up this kid. And, yes, I know Auburn, you know, they've got some depth there at the running back position, but – I don't know if they have a player as big 
as physical and as fast, you know, that unique combination like they do in Tank Bigsby. Maybe Mark Anthony uh, Richards, the guy last year, I think he missed all last year with an injury, but Tank Bigsby is my guy here. I think Auburn has always been a team. I know we're hyping up Bo Nix and all these receivers and Chad Morris offense, but mm-hmm. it just seems like Auburn only is as good as, as their running back, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if if it's not Bigsby, I don't know if they have an elite all SEC type runner on that roster, but I think Bigsby is that guy. I mean, it's a hell of a name, Mike. Uh, I think in our <laughs> name alone, I'm going to, he's moving up my list, but Tank Bigsby, he's, he's a hell of an athlete. I've watched a little bit of his hop. So you think, like, just say running back share, how much do you think he's going to be? Uh, I mean, because we were just on the last show talking about the dynamic duo that's right behind, uh, that's in front of him. Do you, do you think that he starts playing immediately, or is this something that he's going to have to work in? I think he'll play immediately. He probably won't start. Yeah. But Gus has always been also a guy now – We'll have to see how much he controls. He, you know, he gives control to Chad Morris. But mm-hmm. it seems like Gus has always been a guy that goes with the hot hand. Yeah. You know, and I think once we get into the schedule here, I think Bigsby. I mean, a lot of this is projection here, but I just think Bigsby is the one that's going to be the most suited because you got guys like Shivers, a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. but he's a very, very good player. DJ Williams, I like a lot, but he's not been totally. A, consistent yeah and then the the other guy uh mark anthony i mean he was injured all last year so it's like which which guy are you counting on right i mean they they could all have really good years and i hope they do but i just think i'm riding with tank baby I, yeah. maybe it's a little bit that name but <laughs> just watching him play <laughs> i think he's he's suited to be the next auburn running well, back and i i just when he if you ever watch him uh, the thing I love about him is just like when he decides he's going somewhere, man, he plants that damn foot and he's going somewhere. There's mm-hmm. like, there's, there's no slowing down. He has got one of the best, like I used to be a huge Arian Foster fan uh, when he was with the Texans and you'd watch him when they'd run this, the, cause I had him on my fancy football team, Mike, and I'd be there <laughs> watching him at uh, Monday night football. Like, come on, baby. You know? And then all of a sudden, dude, he would plant that, foot and just get vertical he looks for that one little weak spot and he finds it and and it, it, do yourself a, a, if you get if you have time if you have downtime jump on youtube and watch some videos on tank man i'm telling you what the kid is an absolute beast and when he plants and you'll see it when he plants that foot man he's damned and determined he's going vertical he just likes to get upfield. so that's what I, I like to see in a running back not too much dancing just plant the foot and go mm-hmm all right, we're into the top three now. Number three, receiver Demond Demoss from Texas A&M. Already hearing good things about him. Now, my only concern is he transferred in high school and he was ruled ineligible, unfortunately, down there in the state of Texas. So he's not played football in a while, but he's just an incredible, incredible athlete. I think he was the number one receiver before all that happened. And and, you know, he's still elite. You know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be bad because he missed his senior year. I mean, he could have got hurt. That would have been far worse for him. Right. But I'm just wondering about that rust. But we just – the Aggies just lost uh, a, another receiver for the season the other day and a guy they were going to be counting on. So, you know, we're piping up the Aggies' tight ends. They really need some help at receiver. And I think they're counting on that to be DeMoss here. And I think, uh, I, I think by the season's end, he's going to be the most – you know, talented, 
number one target on that team. I know they got mm-hmm. Jamon Osmond, but I I don't know. I think I think Damask may surpass him by the end of the season. Right. And you know what his nickname is? What's that? Hollywood. <laughs> oh yeah. Hollywood. That's what I want my receivers. I mean, just six three, just a big boy, uh, big frame, long arms. I mean, this this is one of this is this is a team. This is a wide receiver you could build a team around. So yeah, I think oh Hollywood. It won't take long for you to start recognizing this kid's name. And I've seen him, you know, doing some dunks and stuff. I mean, he could yeah. be on M- NBA dunk contest. You know what I mean? And that just shows that. the explosiveness that he's got, the the leaping ability, and the just. I don't know. I think he's going to be a huge star for the Yankees. All right, number two on my list: tight end Darnell Washington for Georgia. They've got a huge hole there at that position, and. This kid, I mean, he is a freak. He's like LeBron James. I mean, he's six seven, two sixty something. He's out there. He literally hurdles defenders. I've seen him do it. Um, I think, you know, it, it'll be interesting because we don't know fully what this Georgia offense is going to look like. But they're saying they're going to spread it out and throw it all around. And you got to imagine that's going to lead to some opportunities for Darnell Washington to make some big plays. And uh, that's why I've got, you know, it's a combination of. Freak athlete, Georgia's not going to have a better tight end than him, and they're opening things up, so they say. So I think he could have a major impact on Georgia's season. Dude, this guy, dude, I, I don't get me wrong. I know everybody knows who you got number one, but it wouldn't have surprised me if you flip flopped these guys. I'm, I'm as a Tennessee fan, I, I'm, I'm really dreading seeing Darnell Washington out there because, like you said, he's just. <laughs> He's just like one of those guys you're going to see it comes across that just takes over a game, uh, you know. And 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 you something that Georgia, I I never understood why they got away from it. There there was flashes of Georgia, you know, with tight end play, but it seems like Cheney never could get things going. You know, Nada had a, had flashes, but this this Darnell Washington, he's a game changer, buddy, and. Uh, because everybody's going to be looking for George Pickens. And then there's damn seven-foot-tall Darnell Washington going across <laughs> the sea. You know what I'm saying? I just think uh, a lot of people are sleeping on this kid. Now, obviously, you're not. you got him number two on the list. But he, he's not getting the hype that he deserves, I don't think. Well, one guy that is number one on the list. Yeah. Everybody could have guessed this one by now. Tight end Eric Gilbert, LSU. You know, they call him a tight end. He's really a receiver, in my opinion. And, man, you should have seen – when Jamar Chase, you know, announced he was opting out, I was, yeah, I mean, that's a huge loss, but I don't think people realize what what LSU got in this Gilbert, and I think he's going to be the next Jamar Chase. So, hell, I would have loved to have seen them both play together, but it's not the end of the world for the Tigers because they got Gilbert, and I just think he's going to be sensational. I think most of these guys I, I listed on here probably going to be all SEC freshmen. Mm-hmm. I think Gilbert's going to be all SEC just all SEC. Oh yeah. Again, we've probably talked about this freshman more than any of them, besides maybe Doty or something. But Gilbert is just another just freak athlete, just somebody that you're going to know from day one is legit and belongs in this league. Um, and, and the fact that Jamar's gone, uh, that's just more targets for him. And uh, so I think honestly, I think the Jamar thing would hurt him a little bit because. You know, now they're going to have to focus more on the tight ends. And, of course, LSU's got plenty of weapons. I I wouldn't worry too much about it. But, 
It's just I think Gilbert has the chance to be a focal piece of that offense. So still get vertical, still a lot of passing. I'm sure they'll have it, but a lot of it will be geared toward him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, hey, let's just stick right there with LSU because uh, these are the last closing thoughts I got. We, we ran down the list. Like I said, it was a slow day in SEC news, but wanted to get your thoughts, Shane, on Jamar Chase opting out, and then that was on Sunday, of course, and then – well, he made it official on Monday, and then Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle, who, you know, Todd McShay is predicting to be a first-round pick, has also opted out. And now LSU, with all these, you know, they've they've had five players opt out now, and they had guys leave early and guys transfer out here lately, and the Tigers are down to 70 scholarship players heading into the 10-game SEC schedule. So, you know, maybe – I'm not hitting the panic button, Shane, but my my hands might be hovering over uh-huh. it here a little bit. I mean, should they have? I, I don't know what's, what's 85. A, 85. So they're down to 15. 70. 15. Damn. Yeah. I, I don't know. I had to get my calculator out there, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, that's a ton, buddy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And Jamar, you know, a lot of people were getting on to him, you know, because he's the one that came out and said, we want to play football. I, we retweeted it, you know, I did too. And uh, but then he comes out and he says, you know, he didn't come out. They came out. Actually, he came out later and said he wished he could have told us first. But right. uh, it, it got leaked out that he decided to sit this one out. And I understand it. I, I, a player like that, I get. What does he have to lose, man? He just won a national championship. Uh, he proved to everybody he's the best receiver in the in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it. And, and, and maybe, who knows? I, I, I don't want to speculate, but maybe he didn't like something he was seeing in practice either. Uh, I, I'm not saying anything wrong about, you know, Miles Brennan or anything like that, but in the back of your mind, that seed is planted. You, you could say, uh, you know, we saw, we had, we had something special last year and this year it's a step back. So maybe it's just best I go on. So I understand it. player like that. Now, I was afraid that this was going to start some sort of trend, um, n- not just with COVID. Forget COVID. I, I think of Nick Bosa. I-, I think of him doing this. And it's mm-hmm. okay if it's two or three, four or five players. But I don't want it to become a thing where, you know, you some rumor at Todd McShay says you're going to be a first-rounder and now you want to <laughs> sit out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I think that's going to bite some poor kid in the ass. Somebody's going to say they're, they're going to buy that hype. They're going to sit out, and then it gets to the tail end of the season, and the next thing you know, they're a third-round pick, and it cost them millions of dollars because mm-hmm. they heard a rumor that they were going to be a first-rounder. So not saying that Tyler's not. You know, Tyler's a hell of an athlete, probably going to be a first-round pick, but and he may have his own reasons. That's the thing about opt-out. I don't want to – it's the line skewed. It's blurry right now. It's if it's about COVID that he wants to sit out fine. But if it's about protecting draft stock or something like that, I would hate for it to, to, to bite him in the ass later. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, and that's the main thing that, you know, I got nothing against these draft analyst type guys, whatever, you know, they're just doing their job. But at the end of the day, they could tell you you're the first overall pick, but it, that doesn't mean shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you got to go out there and earn it and you got to prove it to these NFL people, the people that actually work in the NFL, not work for ESPN and mm-hmm. give you their thoughts on what's happening in the NFL. And 
it, it kind of goes to what you're saying there. I mean, I, I certainly hope the best for all these guys that are opting out. They're making tough, tough decisions that they probably, you know, don't even ever thought they would be making and never wanted to be in this position where they had to make this. But they're, mm-hmm. I don't think they're just sitting there being selfish or saying to hell with LSU or anything. I right. think there's just so many factors. But I just hope it doesn't come back to hurt them because of what, they read about themselves, but and it may or may not be accurate. You exactly, know exactly. I mean, you see it all the time. You see it with basketball. These kids, the they're, they're told, "Oh yeah, you're gonna get picked up." Then they get out there and they're like, it's "Just sitting there. Nobody's wanting them." So they gave mm-hmm. them the opportunity to come back. But I don't know. I, I did see something on Twitter the other day, and I can't remember who it was. Was it Brett uh, that was talking about these agents on the campus? Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just kind of getting in their ear and telling yeah. them to opt out. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's a it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and don't think for a second that them kids aren't getting, you know, random messages or phone calls from agents saying, hey, you know, you're gonna, I, go ahead and hook up with me. We can get you some, some money started because as soon as you sign that line, am I right? Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Chase, uh, he's opted out. He's going to NFL. Now, is – is there some sort of law or anything that would keep him from making money? Like, can he do, go ahead, let's just say some random commercial or something and make some money. Could mm-hmm. he do that or get an advancement or anything like that? Or is this something he has to wait till he graduates uh, or, or at the no, end of the I, season? It's my understanding. They can, I mean, he can get a $10 million check tomorrow. You know? Wow. I mean, if somebody, that's my understanding. And I think, you know, I think that's a big reason why some of these kids are doing it because uh, that's and that's what they're talking about with the agents because you know it's not like the agents going to give them that much money, but right. they'll give them money to live on. They'll get they'll pay for their training. Yeah. They'll pay for, you know flights and well, I, don't, I don't know if they're doing flights right now, but just whatever it is they're doing to to stay in shape and get ready for the draft. I mean, these mm-hmm. agents help them, the players that need you know the money to to do all that because I I think once you opt out. I mean, a lot of these coaches, I've heard them, you know, they're open to any any and all players that want to opt back in. We've seen the opt-in already. Yeah. But if you opt out, my understanding is you're not allowed, basically, you know, you, you can't travel with the team. You can't be – you're not really even supposed to be with the team because you're – You're not you're saying Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're saying you're opting out. So you got to – you basically got to opt out of everything. Man, and that's a big decision, man, for these kids. I, I just – I'm sure they've got things in place to to talk to them if they decide to opt out and, and kind of I don't want to say consequences but there's it is it is a consequence if you can't play with your team and you know and it does it affect a draft stock or something like that but if this kid you know truly believes he's going to be a first round pick then um I mean this is a I don't know this is 2020 man this is a wild year but I just I'm just curious how this changes the future. So let's take COVID out for a second. We've seen opt-outs before with with uh, first-round talent. Um, is I think this is a trend that's starting, Mike, and it makes me wonder if if the NCAA is going to do something. Of course, they don't do anything, but if they did, <laughs> would they you know say something along the lines like, okay, what if you're not a graduate or – you know, if you start a season or something along those lines, you can't make any money while you're, you know, on your scholarship or something like that. I'm just curious 
what what the future holds because I, I'm thinking college football landscape's changing, brother. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it was changing before COVID. They were trying to get these players some money, and, and now you're starting to see this. Yeah, I think the only thing that's going to change it, Shane, is this, uh, like we've talked about, the name, image, and likeness ability. So that players like a Jamar Chase can do a commercial in Baton Rouge, you know, can get a sponsorship. And I think that's that's the only way that's really going to stop it because the NCAA has been dragging their feet on this damn thing. And now with these guys opting out, I don't think they're going to have uh, much of a much of a choice than to allow players to profit off their name, image, and likeness moving forward. All right, Shane, I think uh, we went a little bit long here, but I think it uh, sounds like your computer's dying on the other end. So uh, how about we wrap this one up, buddy? Okay, yeah, let, my, my computer died. So I'm via cell phone right now. We went old school, vintage. <laughs> but uh, hey, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind taking it just a step further, giving us that five-star written review, we read those on the podcast. We'll send you a free beer koozie, free of charge. Just send that on over to us at uh, thatsecpodcast at gmail.com or the Twitters, the Reddits, however you want to do that. But we really do appreciate each and every one of those. And that's going to do it for this one. Shane, thanks for joining me. As always, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols.